Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. We are soldiers, warriors, troopers who just keep going through to the other side of recovery from relationship abuse. Today's topic is madness, magic, and monsters. As the world burns, some folks are dancing around the flames. So I was reading something on Cora recently uh, that was written by a person who's been clinically diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. It seems that there are more and more professed narcissists who are growing, um, growing in number on both social media and other platforms. Um, they're sharing their wisdom about the affliction that they have. And they've, you know, these, that's something that they've been living with their whole life. Uh, some of the more popular ones include H.G. Tudor, Sam Vaknin, Sophia Bell, Kate Fess, Robert Torbay, and others. And each one of them peel back the curtain and reveal the inner workings of narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Who would know better than someone who actually suffers from that condition? One of these writers said recently, they said, NPD is an actual severe mental illness where you are either an extension of them or you don't exist at all in their world. Once upon a time, they were innocent, sweet children who got their little hearts crushed by horrible abuse. If you can't have empathy for the narcissistic adults who broke your heart, then have some empathy for that little kid who did nothing wrong and didn't deserve that awful abuse of childhood. Now those words struck a deep chord with me. I sat in silence for a few moments and then I, I actually wept. I never wanted to hurt him and I never believed that he was capable of hurting me. When I remember that he suffers from a dysregulated, maladapted personality disorder and has a delusional brain, magical thinking, fantasy world and all that, I love him anymore, even more. You know, I was married to my husband for 15 years. It wasn't just some flash in the pan, come and go relationship. It was 15 years of marriage. And I knew him over a year before that. You know, I wanted to help him. I still do. And I, I wanted to save him and rescue him from what looked like a pretty grim fate. So let's talk about madness first. 
A relationship with a narcissist, sociopath, or psychopath is clearly one that is fraught with mental illness. Both parties probably suffer in just in different ways. So let me begin by saying that the targeted victim of abuse is often susceptible to the abuse, and they tolerate it, sometimes for long periods of time, maybe even decades, because of their own mental health issues. A healthy person would never allow themselves to be disrespected, humiliated, degraded, manipulated, and otherwise exploited by a narcissist. They would see the red flags and head for the door. They would possess healthy boundaries, and when the boundaries were violated, they would exit the scene. But all too often, the ones who are victimized have issues of their own that make them vulnerable to abuse. And I think that that's really something that we need to think about. I'm sure it doesn't work that way all the time, but it does work that way more times than not, I think. Um, You know, let's see, how can I frame this? Um, Okay, so many times it is a familiarity with traumatic underpinnings from childhood scripting and toxic stuff that happened at an early age and all that when they were wounded or injured by some toxic caregiver. These types of cyclical patterns manifest when the victim tries to repeat the pattern of abuse they experienced in their childhood. You know, it just feels familiar. It feels like home. They can step into the relationship with the impaired individual and make every attempt to recapitulate the same dynamics of their dysfunctional childhood. This, this bad programming and bad scripting, you know, um, you know, that happened to them when they were a child, it prepares them for a life with a disordered person. It's like that's almost what they were being groomed for, even though maybe it wasn't intentional. Just as this child of alcoholics go on to marry addicts, the child of a mentally impaired partner often find themselves in relationships with a mentally impaired partner, right? You've heard about, you know, the children of alcoholics doing that, so it's no different with mental illness. The stage is set for a tragic ending that can never be changed. Their attempts to heal or to fix their partner are always futile, just as they were with the toxic parent that sort of scripted them to play that role. It is difficult to have a healthy relationship if the inner landscape of the individual is so damaged or broken that they can't even conceive what a healthy relationship would would look like or you know nor could they be satisfied with one because it would just be weird that's not what they know you know they they must perpetually seek to be the healers of the sick even when it becomes apparent that they have no power to do so and then there is the narcissist sociopath or psychopath While some would argue that these individuals are not actually mentally ill, but rather suffer from just a personality disorder that's on a spectrum, there is enough research to indicate that these cluster B disorders, specifically, I'm not talking about um, 
uh, bipolar borderlines or um, histrionics, but specifically narcissist, antisocial personality disordered, and psychopaths, specifically those cluster B, and there is some distinction, there's differences there. I don't even know why they're in the same category, but that's a topic for another day. Um, They are close cousins to other more serious mental illnesses that are delusional disorders, such as schizophrenia and other forms of psychosis. They also have been labeled as trauma-informed disorders, since in many cases, early childhood trauma was the catalyst for the narcissism or sociopathy to develop. Trauma causes changes in the brain, and the actual DNA structure of the cells is altered also. And while the psychopath has been identified as having abnormal brain structure from birth, the narcissists and sociopaths suffer a similar brain abnormality only later when they are age three or four or on on up through ages seven or so. Um, Either way, it's a profound mental impairment since the actual brain is damaged in ways that do not allow it to function properly, right? The limbic system doesn't even work as it should. The amygdala, prefrontal cortex, hippocampus, anterior insula, other regions of the brain, not to mention the whole like limbic system and um, things like that. Um, You know, the anterior insula actually has less gray matter. It has the, the brain of the narcissist has damage to circuitry, broken neural pathways, and other deficiencies that just don't allow them to function with healthy human emotions or regulation of those emotions. They can't manage them. They don't feel them. They don't know what it is. This damage of the brain becomes problematic to many parts of the disordered person as they lose their capacity to feel empathy, fear, remorse, or any other human emotion like that. You know, um, devoid of these capabilities, they are irreparably doomed to live as hollow, empty beings who can only mimic, parrot, mirror, and shapeshift to deceive others into seeing a false construct. You know, what emotions they do feel are things like envy, uh, shame, uh, rage, um, jealousy, uh, contempt. That's a big one. Certainly not the emotions you need to have to be fully human. When the inability, this inability to um, function like a regular person when it creates havoc and chaos in their lives and in the lives of everybody around them, when they have no core identity to experience life authentically and genuinely, then that would indicate irreparable and untreatable mental illness. Yeah. So let's talk about magic. Okay, we talked about madness, now magic, and then monsters. This is my piece on magic. People who have personality disorders such as NPD, ASPD, or psychopathy, they live in an alternative reality that is both delusional and false. 
Their magical thinking enables them to create a space for themselves that is not grounded in reality, but rather rooted in a fictional narrative and imaginary dwelling where they can allow themselves to believe whatever fantastical thing they wish. And when you present them with any kind of memory or something like that, they just, they're, they're revisionist. They go back and rewrite history in a, to, with a completely different spin on it that didn't ever really happen that way. They do that. Um, their sense of grandiosity and entitlement give them free reign in creating a canvas to build their artificial world. In this magical place, up could be down and down could be up. Right could be wrong and wrong could be right. Feelings are not felt. People are not seen. History is rewritten. The past is erased with their selective amnesia. Nothing is real. The narcissist and others with similar personality disorders take something called snapshots of the people in their inner circle and then compartmentalize them. They internalize these snapshots so that people become an extension of them, not as separate individuals worthy of compassion, mercy, or respect, but just extensions of themselves because they just kind of absorb this um, paper doll one-dimensional snapshot photograph of that person. When they interact with them, they are interacting with just their um, construct of that person, not the actual person. They never really see them, hear them, feel them, and especially, most importantly, they never love them or empathize with that person's suffering or pain. That could be an explanation why it's so easy for them to hurt others to even destroy them because they can't feel anything genuine for themselves and they don't know what it feels like to be hurt or to have pain or grief or sadness or loss or any of those kinds of emotions. They don't even feel fear or remorse or regret or any self-reflection whatsoever. They don't understand why a person can't just flip a switch and skip off into the sunset and create a brand new life, just boom, like that. They can do that. Normal people can't. So normal people have compassion, mercy, obligation, regret, self-reflection, and a clear understanding of how their actions affect other people. The narcissist finds that to be that whole idea of, of standing in someone else's shoes is completely foreign concept, incomprehensible. They don't understand what true emotions feel like. They have no idea what that is. Oftentimes, the narcissist believes that they have superpowers above and beyond that of the regular mortal. They envision immortality. They believe they are smarter, sexier, able to influence other people through hypnosis, energy, witchcraft, remote viewing, wizardry, and other magical means. Many have said that narcissistic psychopaths and sociopaths make perfect cult leaders. And after being married to my husband for 15 years, absolutely, that's right. Um, when examining the mental construction of most cult leaders, cult leaders, they show evidence of these disorders. Their magical thinking and delusional minds 
coupled with their inability to feel compassion, empathy, or remorse, that's a recipe for a charismatic cult-like Messiah, one who is capable of heinous crimes, maybe even murder. All right, so the last part of what I'm talking about today is the monsters part. We've talked about the madness and uh, the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We've talked about the magic. My husband said he was a wizard. He did have superpowers, and we're not going to get into that, but he did. Energetic, all kinds. It was He was not your regular bear. Scary stuff to see how he used those uh, abilities were not used in the way that that you would hope that they would be you know like not in um people's hands that are like that um so let's talk about the monsters people with npd aspd and psychopaths often believe they are charmed and cannot be hurt they believe they are entitled to always get what they want regardless of what they have to do to get it it is part of the dark triad the Machiavellian idea that the ends justifies the means and anything goes, just anything goes, as long as, you know, you make it happen. It is reported that this is a quality that a lot of CEOs, politicians, captains of industry in our modern world, you know, these leaders may indeed have these personality disorders that enable them to step on the competition as they climb their way to the top and they feel no remorse. They do it without a second look back at who they destroyed to get to to get there, to get to that successful place. They don't care. You know, they're ruthless. They can make decisions that harm great numbers of people and never even think about it. It's that kind of ruthlessness, adaptability, and self-serving entitlement and arrogance that pushes them to the top. Uh, you, you know, those skills could be leveraged to become a, um, a millionaire, you know. Um, so a recent example would be the decisions of politicians to minimize the global pandemic. You know, think about that. that, that you do know that that's happened. In order to keep the economy um, going, um, you know, that's that's kind of been something that, I think that leaders have done, they've, they like create a narrative that they want everybody to believe. So people will just get out there and do what they want them to do. Um, yeah, that's, um, that is, uh, clearly a, a choice to manipulate, um, the populace to get them to go along and do what they want them to do. So, um, yeah, the, the, um, uh, what can I say? In order to keep the economy going, they're willing to ignore whoever gets sick or dies or whatever to achieve these goals. Here's another example, and this one hits home because I'm a teacher, and I don't know very many teachers that aren't, have some level of fear and terror at the idea of being pushed back into a classroom when there's all these variants and and infections and breakthrough cases and vaccines not working and 
you know, just not enough space in the building. There's a lot of school buildings. They always say, go back. It's safe if you just follow the procedures. How are you going to follow those procedures if there's no windows in the building, zero windows, zero ventilation, and the school doesn't have enough actual space to distance? They're, they're body to body like sardines in some buildings. And the conditions are not safe. There's no way they can be safe. And we're just going to plow ahead and force that to happen. It's just um, insanity. Um, so, and then we're just pushed back to school. Um, you know, these virulent variants, uh, you know, there's some new ones that, that have made the news recently. It's not just the Delta. There's like a Lambda one or something. Um, these sound like sororities, right? Delta Pi and Lambda Chi or something. Have you ever thought about how these variants sound like, the, you know, it's a fraternity or a sorority or something? Anyway, there's new ones coming out. They're very contagious. The vaccines aren't effective for them. And yet here we go back to school. Why? Why is that? What does that have to do with, with the monsters? It's because, you know, there's an agenda here. And... Um, to follow through with that, you just ignore uh, that there's still people dying at a, at a disturbing rate and a great deal of the population's unvaccinated with no intention of ever getting it. And, um, and then we're told it's okay to take off your mask and go back into crowded situations like schools with no real possibility of being safe because there's not the space or the ventilation or any of that to actually make that happen. It just doesn't exist. In the perfect world, in the perfect school, they have windows, they have space, but most schools don't. The one I, I teach in doesn't. And so um, what about that? And so you have this push, push, go, go. Uh, you know, many people don't even get tested and schools aren't testing and there's no contact tracing, and they're not even monitoring breakthrough infections. People that are vaccinated and getting COVID anyway, they're not even keeping track of how many. They're just waiting to see how many show up in the hospital or die. The propaganda is out there. It's spread about. And meanwhile, all of us are sitting in school buildings uh, in these packed classrooms with no spacing, no safety measures, and, and leaders at the helm politicians and whatnot, who uh, do not feel a twinge of guilt about misrepresenting the reality of the danger. You know, it's just another hot Texas summer and COVID cases are rising faster than the temperature. And, um, you know, these variants are mutating and there's no end in sight, but it's open, 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 open. And let's just pretend it's all over. Doesn't that sound like the end justifies the means? like it's some kind of Machiavellian dark triad kind of strategy. Um, and those ends are money, profit, and greed and political favor. I'm sure they get brownie points for, for carrying out um, certain agendas. Anyway, in conclusion, the madness, the magic, and the monsters make up a trinity of unholiness that may have begun with just one tortured little child or brain-damaged baby and swelled to such enormous proportions that one would almost swear the world is being run by nothing but narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths. 
In these troubling times, when the truth is increasingly difficult to identify and facts are misconstrued, manipulated, and twisted out of context, we really have to question what is actually happening all over the world right now. There are trends that are not specific just to one country, but it's like a, it's like a plague of unconscionable, unethical, morally deficient ideology all over the place. I married a narcissist, and the price I paid was the loss of everything dear to me, including myself. I lost myself in that. And when I look around and I apply that dynamic to the world around me, it's not a very pretty picture, and I do see a chilling um, similarity. So when you put your head on your pillow tonight, think about this madness, magical thinking, and the monsters among us. You know, clinging to toxic positivity, that's a new go word. It's a new hot button word. Toxic positive positivity. You know, living an optimism that smacks of denial. Just stop yourself and say, what can I do? What do I need to know? What do I need to do to make things closer to being as they should be? You know, these people with these personality disorders, they're, they're not destroyers in every sense of the word, but definitely in some senses of that word. Yeah, they do. They are destroyers. They, they wreak havoc. And maybe they're really sweet and helpful and do great things sometimes. Uh, when they're bad, they're really bad. And I think that they need to be outed and then ousted. Outed and ousted. Any politician, I'm not going to name names, and it's not even just this country. I'm talking about worldwide. There are people in positions of power who, to me, after my experience and all the studies that I've done on this over the last few years, it really seems highly likely that a lot of our world leaders, people that are running things, are, are narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths or some kind of combination uh, of that. And if that's true, things aren't going to end well because they don't care about you or about anybody. No matter how much you try to tell yourself it's going to all work out, it's not going to change how this ends if we do nothing. When we release our fears, we will become strong and brave and ready to wake up, stand up, and rise up. We can't just hand things over to people like this and give them license to drive us right over a cliff. You know, it's not too late to put the good guys in power. So that's one little political (laughs) point I want to make. But, you know, overall, life is too precious to drown in the darkness of dealing with a person who has one of these personality disorders. We take down others with us when we surrender to them. This is, this is truth guys. I am not kidding. It's not just from my experience. It's from countless others. Um, You know, the stories are all the same. It wasn't just them that got hurt. Um, Their children, their families, their friends, their jobs, like everything suffered, everything paid a price for that relationship with that disordered person. So it's not just you. 
don't kid yourself, everything and everyone around you um, will also suffer because of this relationship with this disordered person that you have. You know, we're always going to lose more than we gain in these relationships with these people. No love is worth that crime or sacrifice. Even if you think you can't breathe without them, that's kind of how I was. I was so overly dependent, kind of a learned helplessness with my husband. I didn't think that I was going to be able to live without him, literally. But we have to remember no love is worth that kind of sacrifice or to throw our, our other loved ones under the bus. You know, it's, it'll, it will always be a zero-sum game. The narcissist must win, and you must always lose, no matter what the price, what the cost. So just give some thought to what I say. You know, you may not agree with my perspective on the whole global thing and narcissists are taking over the world. Um, sounding the alarm, I'm seeing some disturbing things, but I just also wanted to underscore for today uh, an emphasis on just the madness of it, how utterly mentally off the grid these people are. And when you stay with them, you slip into that madness with them and then I wanted to highlight the whole magical thing. It's, it's magically shared fantasy, la-la land. There's no reality to this. It's all just um, some pretty weird stuff. And then the monsters among us. Think about those things and think about what we can do uh, about that. Maybe it starts with just your relationship with your narcissist person in your life. And how you handle that, what you do about it, how you recover from it, and maybe how you tell others about it, you know. I know people probably don't always want to hear this, but I think it's necessary. There's so much misinformation and there's so much misunderstanding about not just narcissists, but about what they do to people and uh, what trying to recover after that really looks like. Okay, guys, get out there. Keep trooping. Keep going. We're going to be okay. Keep your faith um, and keep, keep moving. Okay, love you. Bye.